that Americans lost more than $10 billion last year to online scams and digital fraud. When I warn people that the internet is a war zone filled with people actively trying to scrape all of their data or attack them with scams, I often hear the same response. I'm not important, why would anyone target me? The answer is because they target everyone. Or to phrase it slightly differently, they're not targeting you, really. They're indiscriminate. They cast a wide net that you will inevitably fall into, whether you realize it or not. People shouldn't underestimate their vulnerability in the digital age. In this video, I'll explain why you're not too insignificant to attract the attention of those seeking to invade your privacy or cause you harm. I'll dive into how perceiving yourself as a low-value target actually makes you an ideal target for both scams and data collection, because you're not being as cautious as you should be. And I'll go over ways that you can protect yourself to decrease your digital vulnerability. Let's start by examining the illusion of digital insignificance. It makes sense why so many people feel that they're not important enough to care about their digital privacy or security. Our hyper-connected world is a vast landscape. With billions of internet users, what are the odds that you would be singled out? But the thing is, you're not being singled out. You're merely one of countless many. Scammers, for example, cast a wide net. Instead of targeting individuals specifically based on their wealth, status, or position, many scams actually do the opposite. They're designed to reach as many people as possible, because then even a small success rate can be profitable. InfoSec specialist Jan Kopriva said in a blog recently, threat actors don't discriminate. They target pretty much everyone, and nothing demonstrates this better than generic, untargeted phishing emails. We've all seen such emails. You'll get one that appears legitimate from an official-looking address that even has a professional-looking photo next to the user's name. Something in the email generates an external URL, and the JavaScript loaded by the URL will be some kind of malicious code, like a fake Microsoft login prompt. You type in your login details, and boom, you've been pwned. Jan goes on to explain how the internet is a very target-rich environment, and it's incredibly easy and cheap to create a simple piece of malicious code or launch a basic attack. Phishing emails, as an example, are dispatched en masse, potentially reaching millions simultaneously. Your email or computer security protections will often block many of these generic phishing emails. But as Jan says, even if one in a thousand or ten thousand emails leads to a recipient downloading a malicious file or typing valid credentials into a phishing website, sending such messages out is still a worthwhile endeavor from the threat actor's point of view. Even malware that took more time and money to initially develop would, through reuse, eventually pay for itself in the long term. And these scams do work. They use all kinds of methods to successfully mimic legitimate entities. Now, on the more extreme side, away from mass phishing, is something called spear phishing. The fraudulent practice of sending emails ostensibly from a known or trusted sender in order to induce targeted individuals to reveal confidential information. They're specifically focused at certain people and meticulously crafted. 
Then in between, there's a semi-targeted approach that can also be mass deployed, where scammers impersonate your friends or colleagues, sending out templated messages in bulk with generic greetings like, hey, it's been a while, check out these reunion photos. I get social media impersonators all the time who use a similar tactic. They copy my profile and send out mass messages from these scam accounts, trying to trick people into clicking on a link or sending them money. Be very careful of any unsolicited messages on the internet and make sure that you're not being scammed. Robocalls are also an incredibly popular automated attack. These are phone calls that send pre-recorded messages to thousands or even millions of recipients. Criminals using phone numbers that make it appear they're calling from the IRS, telling victims they owe back taxes. The messages might offer fake deals, threaten legal consequences unless a fine is paid, or claim a prize has been won but they all usually have the goal of tricking someone into sharing personal information or sending money. Scammers can reach an astounding number of potential victims in a short period using such auto-dialing technology. It's a super cost-effective method for carrying out scams, with a big potential payout. Threats like this have tricked more than a thousand victims out of about five million dollars. Now you may think that you're too smart to fall for a call from a robot. But what if you received a call from your friend? Toback found Elizabeth's cell phone number on a business networking website. As we set up for an interview, Toback called Elizabeth but used an AI-powered app to mimic my voice and ask for my passport number. Oh, yes, 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 I do have it. AI has made it really easy for scammers to impersonate people's voices very convincingly. You might think you're getting a distress call from your daughter, for example, and it's chillingly realistic. It's my daughter's voice crying and sobbing. She's like, Mom, these bad men have me. Help me, help me. DiStefano says a man demanded ransom in exchange for Brianna. Scammers can take advantage of relationships you already have, using your trust in these relationships to get a higher pay. Out. And these semi-targeted techniques are also getting easier to be deployed somewhat en masse. Anybody can be hacked. In fact, when I do that type of attack, every single time the person falls for it. With all of these methods, it's not personal. It's just a numbers game. You start to get a sense of why it's important to stay vigilant even if you think that you're not important. And it's also helpful to realize that while you might not feel wealthy locally, if you zoom out to a global context, you might be a very attractive target for someone in a poorer country. It's not just factually inaccurate to think that you're unimportant and are so not vulnerable. It's also a dangerous mindset. If we don't think that anyone would ever target us, we're probably not going to be as careful as we should be. We let our guard down because we think scammers are going to be on the lookout for a bigger fish. And ironically, this makes us ideal targets. People underestimate the value of their own data in the same way and don't take care to protect their privacy, saying things like, my data is completely uninteresting. Why would anyone care about it? You know who does care about your data very much? Data brokers. They collect your personal information and then resell or share it with others. And make a ton of money doing so. It's a hundred billion dollar, potentially trillion dollar industry. When it comes to data brokers, they know significantly more about you than you might like and do significantly more with it than you might think. You know who else cares about your data? Scammers. 
The more reckless you are with allowing your data to be collected, the easier it is for scammers to actually target you. In fact, they'll often buy that data from these data brokers and use it to easily piece together intimate pieces of your life from your digital trail, allowing them to craft far more successful scams. Protecting your privacy and improving your security go hand in hand. Another point to keep in mind is that sometimes it's not that we underestimate our digital importance, but we actually underestimate how likely we are to fall for a scam. This can also make us put down our guard. We're all capable of having our emotions exploited, and scammers often prey on feelings that can cloud judgment, like fear, greed, love, or urgency. It can be hard to detect things like a romance scam or a friend in need message from a hacked social media account. For example, scammers are known to target those mourning the loss of a loved one through funeral scams. So even if you think you're tech savvy enough to avoid the trappings of an average online scam, be aware when someone might be tugging at your emotions in an attempt to take advantage of you. So now let's talk about how to protect ourselves. Let's start by minimizing our attack surface. Companies have proven over and over again that they are terrible at keeping our data safe. Have you ever used a fang company or now BAM or whatever you want to call it? Well, congratulations, you've been part of a data breach. As John Chambers, the former CEO of Cisco Systems, once said, there are two types of companies, those that have been hacked and those that don't yet know they've been hacked. Every time you hand over data to a company, presume that it is going to be leaked eventually, or sold, or seized. Malicious actors can easily get hold of this data because the cost of attaining it is so low. We need to start caring about what information we put into the world and who is collecting it. The best way to protect yourself is to stop using services that collect all your data and replace them with tools that help you protect your privacy. And we have a ton of videos giving you suggestions for more private services that you can use. Also think about what kind of information you're voluntarily sharing publicly, like where you live or personal details about your life. And think about which activities you're engaging in that are seemingly benign but might actually be a honeypot for data collection. Once you start to be mindful of the ways that your data is being leaked into the world, you can take steps to minimize your vulnerabilities and enhance your digital safety. Next, make sure that you are already taking advantage of all the low-hanging fruit of good security hygiene. For example, use a password manager. The aim of this is twofold. First, you need to stop reusing passwords because it is one of the most common ways that your accounts will be hacked. Second, a password manager will allow you to randomly generate really strong passwords, which can make your account passwords much harder to brute force. You'll need to keep this password manager secure by using a really strong master password, but also by adding two-factor authentication. In fact, you should add 2FA to every account of yours that allows it, because it's an easy way to make your accounts far more secure. Next, make sure that you keep your operating system and all of your software and apps updated. New vulnerabilities are discovered every day, and hackers immediately 
immediately start exploiting them. Making sure that you're prompt with your software updates will mean that you're adding patches to your system that will stop hackers being able to use these exploits against you. Then there are mindset and behavioral changes that we should make. Be skeptical of unsolicited communication. Perhaps it's an old friend reaching out out of the blue, or perhaps it's something that seems too good to be true. No, Elon doesn't want to give you any crypto and Mick Jagger didn't personally DM you. Ignore these messages. Finally, be wary of reacting to calls or emails in a heightened emotional state. And when in doubt, ask a trusted friend for their advice if anything seems strange about any communication you've received. We have a slew of other videos diving into good digital hygiene, explaining about masked credit cards that don't require you to give away your home address to every merchant you buy from, and using email addresses and VoIP numbers so that you don't tie the same unique identifiers to all your online activities. We're all targeted with scams and data collection, but we don't have to be passive victims, making it easy for people to exploit us. Believing we're digitally insignificant is not just a myth, it's a dangerous mindset. By underestimating our digital importance, we put both our privacy and security at greater risk. Recognizing our potential vulnerabilities empowers us to make smarter choices to protect ourselves. MBTV is funded by community donations. If you'd like to support our free educational content, please visit mbtv.media support and take a look at our book, Beginner's Introduction to Privacy, that also supports our channel. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel on Library too. It's important to us that our viewers have the option to watch us on platforms that better protect their privacy. Thank you so much for watching through till the end. Question, have you got any pending updates on your computer or phone, perchance? Just go do it now. Just go click that update button. Just click it. It's going to be great. You're going to update your software. Go do it. Just go do it now.